At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Our gospel lesson begins with some Pharisees warning Jesus that he is in danger. Jesus has a complicated relationship with the Pharisees. Often the Pharisees are painted too simply as the bad guys in the Gospels. Jesus' adversaries, obstacles along the way to Jesus' mission. And yes, there are several arguments between Jesus and the Pharisees as they discuss the law. The Pharisees are the religious elite of the day. They are curious about this other religious leader. But there is also this certain closeness to Jesus. There even seem to be some Pharisees among the disciples. Even if they disagree with Jesus much of the time, they keep finding themselves in conversation with him. And as we know from trying to describe any group too simply, not all Pharisees are the same. This particular group of Pharisees warns Jesus that he is in danger, and their warning seems to be sincere. Not what we would expect. Yet they tell him he should go now, for Herod is going to kill him. And Jesus' response is an interesting one. He has a message for Herod if they have the courage to deliver it. Tell that fox, This is what I'm doing, and my work isn't complete yet. I know my life is in danger, that I will die in Jerusalem. That time will come, but it's not here yet. And after calling Herod a fox, we hear Jesus make one more comparison about himself. If Herod is the fox, what does that make Jesus? Something even more clever and cunning, bigger, faster, and stronger than a fox, a bear, a wolf, a mountain lion? No, none of these. Jesus is a mother hen. Jesus is a mother hen desiring to gather her brood and keep them from harm at any cost, even when they are stubborn and unwilling and resisting God's love at every opportunity. 
Today's gospel reading feels a bit like one of those classic Aesop's fables, like the tortoise and the hare or the lion and the mouse. Here we have the story of the fox and the hen. Highlighting the stark contrast between Herod and Jesus, how they behave as leaders. The fox takes selfishly, and the hen gives generously. Herod the fox leads through power and fear and threatening violence. Jesus the hen leads through love and compassion, offering protection. Herod the fox scatters and divides. Jesus the hen gathers and unites. And while I actually enjoy foxes, they are graceful and playful and add a lot of cuteness to our backyard, if I were a baby chick, I would not want to be in the presence of a fox. I would much rather be under the protecting wing of a mother hen. Herod is afraid of Jesus because he is a threat to his power. Like Herod's own father who ordered the killing of innocent children when he heard that there was a newborn king, this Herod likes his position with Rome. He likes the power that comes from being aligned with those who rule and oppress. He doesn't want to lose his status. And a leader that claims that the first will be last and the last will be first, a leader like Jesus, that changes everything. The thing about Herod the fox is that foxes don't have as much power as they think they have. Sure, chickens fear them, but it's only a matter of time before they are in the path of a bigger, faster, stronger predator. Herod only keeps his power if he does exactly what Rome wants. In truth, all foxes are chickens themselves. Even if they don't realize their own vulnerability. So Jesus could choose violence and strength here. Jesus could choose to outfox the fox and become a scarier predator, leading with divine power and might, more fearsome than any human ruler. But the only one with the true power to be the fox is the one who chooses to be the hen. Jesus is not afraid of the warning from the Pharisees. He's not afraid of Herod or of losing his power or afraid of death. Jesus will willingly empty himself, giving his own life to remove the barriers that separate people from God and people from one another. Because God's greatest desire is to gather God's people, to draw all people closer and closer to God into God's welcoming and loving embrace. I love this image of Jesus as a mother hen because I can't help but connect this image 
to my own experience with being a mom. When Madeline falls and gets hurt, the first thing I want to do is scoop her up in my arms and make sure she's okay. Or when it's really cold outside, I want to tuck her under my arms to shield and protect her from the wind and the rain. Or when I'm tucking her into bed at night and I breathe in her warm breath, I take comfort in her closeness, knowing that she's safe and at peace. And then I think, wow, we have a God who feels even more love than this for each one of us. Even when we do our very best to push God away, to rely on our own knowledge and strength and abilities, God chases after us, wanting to scoop us up and gather us in and keep us near. Jesus sees himself as the mother hen trying to gather chicks into her embrace to keep them safe from the storms and the foxes of this world And this desire doesn't change even as Jesus continues his ministry, continues to anger those in authority, continues on his path to Jerusalem and the cross. His desire doesn't change even when people whom he loves will reject him and arrest him and crucify him. He will continue to love all people, even the Herods, even his persecutors. He will sacrifice his life to reconcile all people to God, to defeat the power of sin and death. This passage of scripture feels especially powerful When our world is experiencing war and turmoil, when leaders use their power to threaten and control and to hurt others, when we see innocent people fleeing a fox and other people risking their lives like mother hens to protect their neighbors, as we wonder what will happen next, And what will be the long-term repercussions for the people of Ukraine and for the world? Throughout history, there have been immoral leaders who lead through violence and fear. There have been wicked regimes that attempted to erase whole peoples and cultures. There have been corrupt governments that build economies on oppressing one population for the wealth of another population. And yet also throughout history, we've seen the fall of evil empires. We've seen love slowly triumph over hate. We've seen that slow, steady appeal for human rights for access to education, for greater participation and representation in government, for an end to forced labor, not just here but globally, 
for just and responsible governments with programs that seek to protect those who are most in need. For an increase in our care and protection of the environment for future generations. The work isn't done yet. There's a long way to go. But today's passage gives me hope. Because it reminds me that the world's ways are no match for God's ways. That our earthly kingdoms are temporary and only God's heavenly kingdom endures. That the predators of this world are terrifying and they cause pain and they cause destruction. But Jesus has already defeated death. And God's heavenly kingdom is coming to earth. Jesus teaches us the way to respond to foxes. Jesus stands up for what is right and doing God's will. He names the sin that he sees. He does not change the course of his mission even one bit. He continues to act only in love. He continues to do the work that brings healing and hope and reconciliation, that brings new life. We are followers of Jesus, the body of Christ on earth, and we're called to do this same work as the mother hen, to gather, to nurture, to serve, To do this work even when it demands something of us, even when it's a little scary, even if it means putting ourselves in the way of danger or ridicule to protect those who are most in need. Because our ultimate hope is in Christ's resurrection. We trust that the sin and death of this world do not have the final word. God's heavenly, life-giving kingdom is coming to earth. We are being transformed. And God is working through us to gather all people and to embrace all people in God's love. Amen.